it's not a forced kind of sale. I mean, the old style internet marketing of three, four, five years ago, it, just, it doesn't work in this environment, nor does Facebook want you to have it work. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. All right, welcome back to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Super excited about today's show. Um, I know we've been talking about this uh, on the last few episodes, but Ralph, Molly, and I are, are really, really excited to have Bree Argentsinger on today's show and kind of show you some real-world examples of some of the strategies we've talked about in the last few episodes and stuff that we're going to be talking about on future episodes. But this is not only a lesson of how to run successful traffic campaigns, but it's also a lesson of how to never give up and how to just implement and, and what actually happens when you implement. So Brie Argensinger, better known to her massive and massively loyal fan base as Betty Rocker. Um, she's a fitness and health coach, really an, an ass kicker and totally innovative entrepreneur and marketer who had great success building her brand using Instagram's platform, had and continues to have. She likes to attribute her overall success on Instagram to being an early adopter and really providing unique content with great value. But as Instagram has become more and more saturated in her space, she still continues to stand out and continues to grow and obviously continues to look for other opportunities. Her social media reach includes YouTube. Actually, YouTube corporate recognized her brand appeal early on and has worked with her personally. And Facebook, where she's now gaining over 2,000 fans a week by amplifying her killer organic content and spending like $14 a day on fan building ads. All right, she's got a, a popular blog that serves as a resource for her worldwide audience, and she also has a presence on Pinterest and Twitter as well. She's built up her, her audience organically, and she had never really spent a penny on advertising. So this whole concept of Facebook ads was super, super alien to her. She originally, she saw me speak in an event, and she's like, well, this stuff really looks cool because I was talking about amplifying content and you know using Facebook ads to ignite and amplify all the stuff that you're already doing. She really has become a phenomenal student and a massive action taker. She's had a tough learning curve on several levels, which we'll cover, but she just never stops. And the combination of the passion she has for her business, her genuine love for her customers, and commitment she has to the value she's providing have really made her someone that we've been able to work with and see some amazing results really quickly. So we're super excited to tell your story and for you to meet her so so you can accelerate your own process by replicating what she's done. So Bree, once again, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We get really excited about this stuff. I mean, we, we literally had a call before the show, you know, the interview started, the recording started, and we're going on for 45 minutes talking about all this stuff because all three of us get so, all four <laughs> of us really get so excited about this stuff. Something funny too, I actually followed Betty Rocker on Instagram like three years ago before we ever met. So uh, <laughs> Brie is definitely a great case study. And I think something interesting to point out, she figured out first that she could provide value and she has something that people want. And she did so through organic traffic. So it only makes sense to amplify and really make the most out of, out of what she had by buying paid traffic. 
It's not only an example of if you have an organic following, how you can really, really amplify that the right way, but also how you can build that organic following and build that loyal, true audience because we're continuing to do both. I mean, I think we've added about, what, 40 or 50,000 fans since we started doing this stuff in the last four months or so on your, on your fan page. That's just basically been kind of a, a residual benefit. I feel like, you know, all this blowing it up and stuff. I mean, for me, like the heart of that, why I wanted to do it was really because I feel like what I have is really important for people to hear my message. Yeah. They need to hear it. And so it was really, um, it was my duty almost to learn this stuff and like get the message out there wider than I could do on my own. And I was just like, so glad I found this, this way to do it because it really is um, a lot more natural to me than any other strategy I've ever encountered. And she's tenacious. <laughs> I think we forget about that. Totally tenacious. And if you have uh, an organic following and you realize that there's other ways in which you can accelerate and get your message out to other people, there is a way to actually learn this stuff. And Facebook is overwhelming when you first started. And I think our first two or three calls, you were fairly overwhelmed. And I, it was but so frustrating. It was so frustrating. <laughs> and, you know, we know this stuff so, so well, so in and out. But I mean, just learning any new thing, it's really intimidating at first. So just working through it and her tenacity is the reason why she's so successful and the fact that she takes so much action. Yep. So basically some of the results she's getting is she's averaging about 2000 fans per week, uh, spending about $14 a day on fan building ads. Now, some of those are obviously coming in other ways because she's just running content amplification and, and direct response ads, which you're going to get more fans. She's averaging nine cents per website click in a ton of her campaigns, not per Facebook click, but per click to her website. And then, of course, we, we get to build all those audiences with all of those folks. And then the big one is she's she's getting sales every single day. And in a lot of her ad sets, she's averaging $8 uh, per sale. I think overall, it might be around $10, $11, or $12. So it's costing her $8, $9, $10 to get a new sale, which your average um, first product is is what, what what's your price point, um, Bree? It starts around $47 and goes up to almost $200, but yeah, 47 yep. is the average. Some of the reporting stuff, like we've been doing this a few months and you, I mean, that's still overwhelming to you. What like you, you're like, I like, just hate it. I'm just never going to be the person that reads the data or looks at the reporting. That's why <laughs> I, that's why I have you guys. I mean, I like it when you explain it to me so I can see where to spend my energy the best. Since we've worked together, I definitely feel like it's easier to look at the reporting and I have done it on my own a couple of times, but then I just kind of like, it's like I lose interest in it so fast. I we just, don't though. I just can't get my head around the data as well. But So Bree's putting in $8 and getting back $47. So yeah. <laughs> I think the name of the game is how many times can you do that, right? So that's what Ralph always says Sick. to me. He's like, yeah, Ralph says that. Yeah. No, He's you're like, actually... Do you get how good you're doing? I'm like... No, why am I spending all this money to like make people? Right. And I, I, just, like, yeah. I don't get it. I'm like, it used to be free, but <laughs> I'm like starting to understand. Like, it's kind of awesome. Yes, it used to be free, but now really it still is free, right? Because she's making more money than she's putting in. But her growth, her audience is being built twice as fast as it was six months ago. That's a big, big deal for the long-term vision of your organization. Exactly. And she's proof positive that you actually can sell stuff on Facebook. And you've had 277 sales in the last 28 days. So we love to go into reporting and tell her that. And she'll just say, oh, I just know I have more money in my bank account than I did last week or 
No, I say I have I have the money to now like all I do with my money is put it right back in my business. So yeah, when awesome. I see how much money I have, I just get really excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can now set up Kiss Metrics and like kick ass at my reporting. I can hire a web developer to do this other awesome stuff. And all of it is for the greater good of my audience, of growing my brand, of getting that message out there. I may not be very strong at the data, but I don't have to be good at everything in my business. I just have to hire the right people to help me do what I do best. And get me where I need to get to. That's why I'm so glad to work with you guys. It's just been freaking awesome. And 277 sales in the last 28 days. And we're not talking about like somebody who's spending $2,000 a day. We're talking about what, a couple hundred bucks a day. Yeah, barely. Yeah, my ad spend weekly is $700, I think, total. I mean, really from your guys' perspective, I feel like I'm spending a tiny amount of money and my sales have never been better, more consistent. Cause you know what my model was when you found me, I was like stuck in freaking launch mode. Like, right. Can I talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk about some of the frustrations that you, you had. Absolutely. As you guys heard in Keith's lovely intro, I was really an early adapter on Instagram. I, I figured out really early on that I could communicate with my audience really effectively when I gave them a challenge to do. And there was a time when I was like, challenges are really hot right now. Like I need to make a challenge. So I, I made like a fitness challenge, a 30 day fitness challenge. And I was really just learning about internet marketing. I had gone to my, for my first trafficking conversion summit and people were giving me a lot of different advice. And a lot of it was really bad for me. <laughs> like I had to really learn to trust my own instincts and what I thought I was doing well, because I was kind of like the new school marketer, right? I was mostly using social media to generate my, my traffic. And I didn't know anything at all about paid traffic. So I was like, well, what would be a cool way to get people to like my Facebook page? I know what I'll do. I'll do a 30 day challenge for my Instagram fans, get them to sign up to my list and tell them on the thank you page to go and like my Facebook page to get all the stuff. And, and maybe I'll just put like the 30 day meal plan I have there too, just in case that maybe that that would help them with the 30 day challenge. Once I realized that that worked, I was like, oh, well, I should probably create more challenges because along the way I built these massive Facebook groups. They were like literally 15,000 people at a time would sign up from my Instagram to take a challenge. And a lot of them would buy my meal plan. It was a win-win for everyone. People were like, they're they're posting amazing progress pictures. I mean, it was just so awesome. And they were all over the world doing this as a group, as a team. I had a cutoff date for when you could sign up. So I could only do this. And I would, you know, it took me quite a lot of work to build out the challenges, to get them set up. So it was like a launch, basically. I would get people excited on Instagram to sign up and then I would cut it off. You had to sign up before a certain date, right? And then, then it was done. So I could only really do like three or four of these a year. And that was kind of exhausting. So I was really looking for a way to set up some kind of evergreen campaign and also like get out of that wheel that I was stuck in because I realized that the only way I could really make enough money, my my revenue was like, it would be up really high. And then I would be like negative. There There was one month where I had to ask my assistant if I could have like two weeks to pay her. Like, and that was really embarrassing because I'm like, how am I, I'm not really running this business very effectively. I'm like, I'm making money, but I'm all over the place. And I had no consistent strategy whatsoever. That's why I got really excited about Facebook because that was an ad platform I could get behind because when I met Keith, he was talking about generating goodwill. He wasn't just talking about making money. For me, this has never been about making money. It's always been about helping people and making them feel empowered in their life to be happier, healthier, live a better life. And I create amazing products that are worth buying so that they can do that. Bria, I think... That's a great point. And and sort of two things. Number one, you know, you're giving value and you know that you're giving value. And I think that's important for 
for everyone to understand, if you do have something of value, people will want it. You just have to get it in front of them, you know, whether that's organic or paid traffic. But what's really cool about paid traffic is it's like a water hose. You can turn it on or you can turn it off. Organic traffic is is great. It just takes longer to build. And, you know, with an algorithm switch, it could be gone in a, in a minute. Absolutely. So with paid traffic, you do have the control to say, okay, you know, I figured out this system of content amplification and video ads and everything we're going to talk about. And, you know, with the flip of a switch, I can turn this on and I can not only turn it on, but I can scale it. And I really can put in $8 and, 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 you know, receive $47 in return. And do it naturally too. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing with all this stuff is that, and everything that we've talked about in previous episodes is that it's not a forced kind of sale. I mean, the old style internet marketing of three, four, five years ago, it, just, it doesn't work this in this right. environment, nor does Facebook want you to have it work in this yeah. environment. So it's the algorithm is shifting towards the model that Bree is talking about here. And I think she's on the leading edge in the strategy that, you know, we've discussed in previous episodes we're talking about here, but, you know, buying the product is the logical end result of giving them a lot of value and then them purchasing from you, you're going, they're going to get even more value to get even better results. So you're really right. serving your customers in a really natural way, which is exactly what she does. Yeah. I remember in Austin when Keith had this awesome like Facebook teaching seminar and they asked me like, how do you write an Instagram post and how do you make it really like, how do you get people to really like it? And how does that work? I think my Instagram strategy is exactly the same that I have approach in my entire business. And that is I educate. That's the approach I always take. Like the reason my Instagram posts are so loved is because I'm always teaching. I'm always sharing something that's valuable and helpful to my audience. And then they naturally are going to, not everyone, but a lot of people are naturally going to want more. Well, what, what can you give me that helps me actually take action on this thing you just taught me? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just like we've talked about in the past few episodes, you're building a relationship with them. So whether yes. it's on Instagram or, you know, using the, the paid traffic system um, and methods that you're using, you're building a relationship. You know, it's still direct response, but you're not going right for the throat. Uh, you know, hey, do you have a, a fitness issue? Let me solve it with this product. You're building a relationship with them through content and, and video and everything that we're going to talk about. I want to get right into the, the top three things we did right off the bat. So yeah, I remember our very first call actually is you and Ralph and I was like massively resistant to like what you were asking me to do because of course it involved a spreadsheet and you guys already know how I feel about data. Um, but, um, but you, you know, don't I, like it. We know that, I don't, but I do like it. I do like it. It's just really you like it now. Like, my brain works in post-it note, you know, yeah. like if I could just stick post-it notes, which I actually have all over the place. Um, and that's why I love lucid chart, but seriously, like you guys made me sit down and think about the different types of people who would be interested in my content. And you, you made me make a really amazing spreadsheet that kind of what, what would you, how would you guys describe that? What was it even called? Yeah, it's basically your interests and audience spreadsheets. The first thing we do with the, every client, we teach our students the same thing. And and there's a few different reasons why you're doing this. But And also, real quick, I want to premise to a lot of the numbers that we're talking about here. If you're in a business-to-business -business niche, you know, you're not going to get nine-cent clicks to website. You might not get like $1 leads and stuff like that. Don't think because the numbers that we're throwing out there that you should expect the same amount of numbers. However, if you implement all these strategies, whatever numbers you're getting now, they're going to go down. We spent 90 minutes with a client of ours who was just 
like literally, you know, I need leads now. I need leads now. Back to what Molly was just saying, you know, because they're so traditional direct response. And I'm like, we're trying to tell him this strategy. And because this is a short and long-term strategy, it's really hard for him to, to listen to us. And like, we've got a, another client, we're doing the same exact stuff that we're, we're going to be showing you here. And he's in the business to business niche, targeting people to make high income, et cetera, et cetera. And we're getting 24 cent clicks to website instead of like a dollar fifty like we would with a normal, you know, landing page ad. So it's this stuff really works across the board. You're just your numbers are going to be different. So I just wanted to preface that real quick. To- totally important. Totally important. Yeah. Because yeah, this is a proxy. This is just a, an example. I mean, an example of what you can do. It's the strategy. If you sort of take a step back and like, listen to what we're going to talk about next, it's the strategy. I think that you have to sort of understand because it is methodical. And I think in Bree's case, it was really linear and it really worked out well, but your stuff is going to be different, you know, depending on what your niche is and what your back end on your, on your niche is, you know, what you're ultimately selling sort of downline from your initial sale. So absolutely. But the principles work no matter what industry you're in. I think we can all agree on that. And with the numbers, you know, Brie, we'll talk about lead costs. She's selling 47 to $200 products. Um, if you're selling, you know, a $5,000 product, um, you know, you, you can definitely pay more to, to acquire a lead. So think about how all of this works in relation to your business versus, you know, oh, well, you know, Brie, Brie's generating dollar leads. Uh, well, that might just not be the case in your niche. Yeah. So back to the spreadsheet. So basically, it's an int- what we do is we, each client, what we have them do is we just have them just open up a Google Doc, you know, use an Excel spreadsheet or just preferably a Google Doc spreadsheet so you can share it with your team and use this document as a working long-term document. So it starts out as just a brain dump, okay? And we've got, you know, both Digital Marketer and we've got trainings on how to research that target audience using Facebook Audience Insights, using Facebook Search, etc. I also used um, Amazon, like you suggested. I yes. used Google, um, and I used. Um, I had I had some really cool ideas. Once I got into this, I actually like had a lot of fun with it. But initially, I was really in resistance to it because I had come to you guys originally, like wanting to just hire you to do everything for me, and. Mm. You know, but you convinced me. You said, no, Brie, you know your audience better. We want to do this with you because it's going to be so much faster if you just do the work yourself because then you'll know it. And then we're going to coach you along the way. And that has just proved to be so true because, Keith, do you remember there was oh, one man. audience that I wanted to build and you were like, no, this isn't good. This is too broad. This is too general. And I was like, no, Keith, I don't agree with you. I'm right. And you were yeah. like, fine, do it. And it ended up being like one of my top performing audiences. And that's because you guys believed in me enough to let me get in there and, and do it. And yeah, I had some resistance to building the spreadsheet, but it actually, I mean, I, once I got into it, like I said, I, I had a lot of fun with it because I realized I did know exactly what my interests were. I think that this is probably one of the most important, you know, parts of this episode, because if you don't figure out who your market is and not just, you know, who is my market, Bree's market is, is fitness, you know, where are they hanging out? What books do they read? What clothes do they wear? What movies do they watch? What websites do they visit? What authority figures do they follow? What events do they attend? You know, where do they travel? The more where do they more shop? Yes, the more you can figure out about these people, the better off you'll be because guess what? You can go to those places and and you know, put yourself in front of those people. So, it doesn't matter if you've crafted the best marketing message, if you're not putting it in front of the right people, you'll fail. So, a lot of focus should definitely go into, you know, whether you're that person, you know, Bree, you are your ideal prospects and you've communicated with them for years, so you know these people. Um, if you're starting out 
a business or you don't necessarily know where these people are, um, you need to interview people, go talk to them, you know, call, call someone who, who is this, this perfect prospect and ask them those questions. And if you can't even do that, then yeah, Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook audience insights, research and, and read forums and really get, get inside of their head. Yeah. And I've specifically been doing this for three and a half years, period. That's how long Betty Rocker's even been in existence. So it's not very long, really, when you think about how fast it's grown. And these were individual avatars, too. And I think that's really important because we were thinking like, you, you've got a customer. Like, I remember those first couple of calls were like, who is your customer? Now, you know that customer better than Keith and I do. That's why it's important for you to be doing this and not us. But we'll force you to do this, this, um, this interest or avatar sort of identification. And we ended up coming up with like five sort of general sort of interests that they would have. And then each in within each one of those interests or categories, we had right. individual Facebook interests, which we then sort of transitioned into like campaigns to see, okay, if we bunch these together, which one is going to respond best to that message? And now we're taking it a step further down line with, okay, the audience that is interested in specific types of food that is really your avatar is really into. Well, we're going to direct content specifically around that and then ultimately sell a product. So it's very, very linear, like I said before, but you know, forcing yourself to, to brain dump who that avatar is, what they're interested in. It's really important to get that right. And sometimes you don't get it all right because all of those in initial ad sets, not all of them worked. Right. But the point is, is that we forced you to kind of do it so that you would think about it. And then we cross-referenced it with the interests that are inside Facebook. One thing that Keith mentioned too, that I think is so important is like, and Molly said this just now, but in his, the first time I met him, he was talking about this. This is what really also got me hooked on Facebook was he was like, you know, you don't want to just blast your message out to everyone. You want to put it in front of the specific people who want to hear it. And I always liked when I write posts, I think about it from my customer, my audience, from their perspective, like, what do they want to hear right now? Like, I don't want to just be a part of the noise. I want to be a specific note of music that plays straight to their heart. I want to be that person for them. Right. And I feel like that about my ads too. I mean, I don't want to be part of the detritus that's just distracting you. I want to be something that you really want to look at. People are like, okay, well, how do I do that? Right? Yes. Well, one good way to start out doing that on a low budget is light campaigns. There's a lot of different reasons why you should be running light campaigns. One is to figure out which audiences are working. So if you want, you can separate each one of those interests into a different ad set because you could figure out, okay, which audiences are giving me the highest click-through rate and the lowest cost per fan, cost per like. Right. Um, overall, typically with light campaigns, we usually see better results when you've got like a pretty large audience with some combination of interests together in one ad set. However, if you're in the very beginning stages and you're just trying to learn, you got to remember the beginning stages of your campaigns is not necessarily about getting the cheapest click. It's about learning which audience is working best, right? You're trying to figure out right. the data. And so the light campaigns, one thing is to figure out which audiences are resonating with your message. And then the other thing is, is you want to be building fans because if you run a light campaign where you're actually asking people to raise their hands, say, hey, click like if you'd like to hear, you know, amazing tips on health and fitness, click like if you'd like to hear cutting edge Facebook advertising tips like our clients or, or something like that. If you're not just trying to trick people to click like or, you know, have them enter to win something, you don't want to do that. You want somebody to click like because they want to hear more from you. Okay. Totally. There's a big difference there. It might, it might cost you a little bit more per fan, but 
They're raising their hand saying they want to hear more from you. So guess which audiences are going to be the best audiences when you get ready to drive traffic to your lead magnet, right? Or your your sales page. Because that, that was really our next step. What you guys, once we had sort of like set up our spreadsheet of my interests, we decided to kind of test it out with my light campaigns yep. and see wh- who, who how, how they were all performing. And that was so helpful for me. And I remember I was like, well, when are we going to start doing ads? Well, when are we going to start <laughs> doing the stuff I actually like signed up to do with you guys? And you were both like, no, this is what we, this is like the next, because I'm just like, I want to do everything right now. Right? Like you guys, you know me. <laughs> results. Um, right. Resu- no, it wasn't even results. I just like was excited to like, I, like he said, I'm an Absolutely. action taker. I just, I'm a ready fire and then I aim later. That's been the perfect epitome of me. But so I just want to do it all. And they were like, no, it's actually going to be so much more effective if if we actually take a second and use this awesome data that you've put together here. And we test it with like campaigns. I remember you telling me this specifically, Keith, you're like, it's going to have this added benefit of getting you more fans, which is cool. So this is another long-term strategy. It's really the the third long-term benefit to building fans and doing doing like campaigns. And you can see this if you scroll the newsfeed and you see uh, a a post from a business page or an ad, and you'll see above that, Ralph Burns also likes Digital Marketer, right? Or Ralph Burns and you know 47 of your friends also like Digital Marketer. That's social proof. I can run an ad targeting fans of Digital Marketer who have a friend that is a fan of Dominate Web Media. So what happens is, is when they see that ad, one of their friends who they recognize in most cases um, is also a fan. So that's instant social proof, credibility, you get higher click-through rates, you get higher conversion rates. Can I give a rant about like us on Facebook? Like that is so old school. A like is a way for you to identify who your avatar is so you can eventually give them a tremendous amount of value and then sell them a solution to their problem. So a fan is not a vanity metric because I have 200,000 fans. That's great. I'm really popular, but how many of those fans are actually people that are going to buy your stuff? And that, when we started with Bree, we said, let's identify who those people are. You know, what do they like? Where do they shop? What celebrities do they like? What sort of stuff are they into for as far as exercise goes? You know, like really specific things about who that avatar is so that we knew that we would have a solution for each one of them later on down the line. So the like us on Facebook thing is just crap. If you don't have a real strategy behind it, it's got to be strategic because like he says, you can use it for social proof. You can also use your fans as people who have already had a first sort of transaction with you, so to speak, to sell them stuff later on. But also you can create all kinds of other things off that lookalike audiences and all sorts of things we'll talk about in later episodes. That sounds pretty obvious, right? But let's say you're in health and fitness. Don't just say click like if you love if you love being healthier. The big differences that we do is say we say click like if you want to hear more amazing health and fitness tips. You, you notice the difference there? You're asking them to raise their hand that they want to hear more from you down the road. That's the difference. So a lot of people out there are saying click like if you love, you know, whatever. Don't say that. Click like. You want to tell people click like if you want to hear more from us. Right. You're going to get less likes, but it doesn't matter. They're way more valuable. I felt like we had a really good time putting my like campaign together, actually, because um, we used words that actually brand me because I remember you guys were like, well, rock and body. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm Betty Rocker. Like people want a rock and body that follow me. 
Right. And there's lots of ways to get that. And I had actually was really specific about the branding I wanted to do and the, the way that I wanted to portray myself. You know, I have this hilarious photo of me doing a side plank, holding a piece of kale on the kitchen counter in a workout outfit. So I basically am like speaking to both my fitness and my foodies and people who care about their health. And I also let my brand's a little bit different. That image, like I, I can't say enough about the images that we used um, that I, you know, and that's a lot of why you made me be the person to do that stuff because- yep. I do know my audience. I know what they're going to respond to. You guys coaching me on like what to say specifically was perfect. No, I remember you were asking me like, how should I write this? I'm like, I'm not going to write it. How would you write it? And you're like, well, just give me something, damn it, Ralph. You know, I remember <laughs> you're so pissed. infuriating. I know. Because I was well, like, just answer the question. Stop like leading me. But along. the point just is, tell is me what I, I know. yeah, I know. Just tell <laughs> like you say that all the time. I love that though. When you I get know. frustrated, that's that's when I know I'm getting to you. By the way, um, no, but I mean that the wording that you used in that I never would have picked in a million years. So you know, as an I agency, know, you, you know, we I mean we'll manage client campaigns for people, but we still can't if it's a high personalized brand like yours is, nobody is better at talking to their avatar than the person who is the brand themselves. So never in a million years would I say, you know, for her like campaign, this is the wording that we used. Can we say the wording, Keith? We yeah, no, well. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Want, yeah. a, want a rockin' body, question mark, like, in quotes, my page for awesome recipes, workouts, and lean body tips. And I straight up wrote that. I mean, that so, was, and that was all thanks to you, like pushing me. Yeah, and you watch the light getting campaign that we've got in Facebook Ads University that, that explains this process too. Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes businesses out there are doing, small businesses, medium sized businesses, are out there thinking that they need to go hire somebody to run all their Facebook ads. When really, if you if you figure this stuff out right, it's it's going to be the number one source of new high quality traffic for your entire business. It's going to be the engine that's building it. Why just automatically outsource it to somebody who doesn't have a clue about your business? I mean, we're fine. We'll take you on as a client, but I would rather somebody hire somebody to really walk you through it and teach your team, like hire a, cons- a coach. Or um, if you can't, there's no way, then you hire somebody that's fine. And there's certain situations we know it's better. But don't you think, Molly, that's one of the things out there that people, if they just, it's so important for you to understand. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think it's overwhelming for a lot of people. Just, you know, what what button do I click, right? I'm in the Facebook ads manager. It's so overwhelming. And I do understand that. I mean, I remember when I was doing social media for DM and uh, someone had left the company and we we weren't really running a lot of traffic. We were like reconfiguring and figuring out, you know, really who we were. And I, I went to Ryan and I was like, I want to run traffic. And I basically for two weeks or a month just went through every course I could find just to walk me through the platform to understand. But now I feel like it's a lot more intuitive. And if you want someone to do the day-to-day stuff, yeah. that's great. But you have to be in tune with with the marketing. And there really isn't a lot of copy involved when you're running traffic, especially if you already have good sales copy on your landing page. A lot of times you can just pull from that because you need congruency. But no, you you have to be there because you are the voice and uh, that's the brand. That's why people will buy because of the relationship. Yeah, I can. I just got to say that like really Keith and Ralph, I mean, just thank you because I felt like I really felt like I grew a lot as a business owner, just in your confidence in me and just in like how you coached me, I feel so much more confident now in how I'm doing all this stuff, you know, despite my initial resistance, despite my learning curve. I mean, this has been incredibly empowering for me to just see where my skills are. Like you kind of helped me see what I'm good at. And that's been just awesome. And like, you know, I, I maybe I don't understand all the data exactly. And I don't look at the reporting 
all the time, but like, I feel like I'm doing a great job and I'm, I couldn't have done that without you guys. I mean, it's really awesome. Well, it's totally all your personality too. The, uh, and that, thank you for saying that the other, the flip side to that is if you are a startup company and we have a startup client right now, they don't know who their avatar actually is. So this is going to be interesting because we're going to have to figure out, you know, what that message is, who their age demographic is. I mean, they're sort of in the software space, so they don't really know quite yet. So you can actually use Facebook to find that out too. Now that might be a little bit longer learning curve than with Brie, because Brie really does know who her avatar is. So we could dial it in probably sooner than we could in a case like that, especially using the language that you use and how you talk to your audience and everything else, but you can use Facebook as a way in which to figure out who your avatar actually is and, and then, you know, pare down that data so that you can ultimately sell them the solution at the end of the line. That's so true. And, um, you know, when, when I started running traffic, we still didn't know who we were. We were, we were figuring out, you know, who is digital marketer and traffic actually opened our eyes to different segments in our market. We use traffic to figure out what are people really interested in, not just digital marketing, like what segments should we speak to? And, you know, we created offers around blogging and social media and Facebook ads. And those are our, you know, highest converting funnels. That's how we acquire all of our customers. And traffic gave us insight into our business that we didn't have before, which was really cool. Um, even with the likes, you know, Brie is paying for likes, but she's also getting a lot of data. She can go to her Facebook page and look at the insights and get really specific information on these people, you know, the demographics. And, and they've reached out to her. They've liked her page. So in return, you know, going out to cold traffic, she now has this really good data about her audience. Uh, you want to talk about number three real quick, Bree? Well, I think for number three, we really focused on um, the lead magnet that I had because you guys remember the beginning um, of my my dilemma was to how do I get out of the wheel that I'm stuck in? How do I get out of that like constant launching a, a challenge? So like I created a new lead magnet back in December and I, I'm always listening to ads like the Geico commercial, which was like 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, right? I'm like, damn, 15 minutes a day could save you 15 years of your life. It could save you 15% of your waistline. It could save you all these things. So I set out to write myself a, a workout plan every single day for 30 days, for 15 minutes a day. And I actually did it. And then I filmed myself every single day doing this awesome thing. And it wasn't a workout every day because you can't work out every day. Some days were active recovery, some days were stretching, but it was this phenomenal program. And that became my evergreen lead magnet. And so I just had all this killer video footage from it. You know, we talked about this as a team and um, it seemed like some of my videos were just getting killer organic likes with Facebook and some of them were about the challenge. So we decided to make a video for the challenge for the Evergreen 30 Day Challenge. And that has been absolutely amazing. So basically because her lead magnet, it's a series, right? It's not like a you know, like a checklist or a download or a cheat sheet. It's a video every day for 30 days. It's a video every day for 30 days. And it's more of a detailed lead magnet that she already knows was working. We said, let's use a video ad to bring traffic to your lead magnet because it's a lot more to consume. And the thing about using video ads is we don't always recommend that to lead magnet pages. In this case, it's working really well. It's really good because you typically have higher relevant scores with Facebook, but you're doing a lot more longer term branding when you're, when you're running video ads. So that's what we did with her. And it's kind of been running in, in the background ever since. Yeah, and it, it's doing really well. 
And it's funny too, because it's like a 20 second video and it's basically just a 20 second video of me doing some of the moves for one of the workouts. And then I put like some funny overlays about the 15 minutes could save you, you know, that thing. And the copy for the ad itself was good. And then it goes to the landing page. The squeeze page is actually another video, but it's a completely different video. It's basically almost like I'm telling a story, right? So the, the 20 second video on Facebook is one thing. And then it's logical what you see next, the next video. And it works so well. What we're going to do on the next episode is we're going to take you behind the scenes on kind of exactly how she implemented this and what she is doing exactly and how the whole campaign is working and how you can kind of model a similar sales funnel for your business. I don't care what industry you're in, local business, brick and mortar, e-commerce, doesn't matter. I just remember that when you guys suggested that, I was like, challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Lay down the gauntlet. So, Bree, once again, thanks for coming on today. We really, really appreciate it. We obviously love talking about this stuff. So we, there's so much to talk about. We've got we've to split it up into another episode. Yeah, awesome. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Now, if you'd like to get all the resources that we mentioned in this show, just go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash episode 04. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash episode 04. 